Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by Russ Walker today. Now, Russ, welcome to the show. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. And I actually think that Russ, out of all the, I think it's 91 guests we've had on the show now, has the most experience in sales, Um, approximately 18 years before moving into uh, sales enablement and sales operations currently at DataSite. Um, Russ, was that an accurate introduction? It it is, and thanks for dating me. I appreciate that. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So let's kick off. and understand a bit more, it was about three to four years ago that you did that shift uh, into enablement. Um, can you share more about that? Yeah, and I've had a little bit of formal sales ops experience in my background when I was at a company called ADP, which used sales ops as kind of a springboard to go from sales, uh, individual quota carrier, into sales leadership. So it's kind of the middle ground to give you a little bit of a, a training uh, on the back office operations mm-hmm. before you move into a leadership role. Uh, when I came there to what was formerly Merrill is now DataSite, which we're super excited about. Uh, we re- rebranded the company probably about a month ago. Uh, I came in, for, first of all, to help build out an enablement and onboarding program. And then from there, grew it into uh, leading a global sales operations and enablement team, which is kind of unique in that it's not just ops or enablement separately, um, which gives us the ability to have everything under one roof and have a total view and perspective of all aspects of, of ops and enablement across the business, which I think helps us be a lot more efficient and effective. Got it. Um, that's super interesting that at ADP, they push potential or new leaders through the ops process. And it makes a lot of sense, actually, doesn't it? Because the sales leaders often end up managing the sales ops people. They do. And I think it was more of a pull than a push. Uh, they, they had this program, which sounded you know, really interesting and intriguing to me. So it gave me a lot of exposure to the back office around quota planning, uh, compensation planning, uh, things around training and enablement, uh, uh, sales rep and leadership development programs. Every sales leader at some point every day is doing something related to sales ops enablement, right? Whether it's they're, they're optimizing their territory planning with the reps, uh, they're trying to figure out do they have the right training tools in place, how they enrich, how do they coach 
how do they point them in the right direction to the right set of accounts and activities. I, I think they do it every day, just not formally in their title. I totally agree. I think that's the quote we can put out from this episode is that every sales leader is doing operations at some point. Um, okay, cool. So data site, previously Merrill, approximately how many reps and approximately how many people in the ops team? So we support roughly about 150 quota carriers across the globe, uh, everywhere from our APAC theater to EMEA to the Americas, a pretty good global mix. And on the sales ops and enablement team globally, I think we have around uh, about 20 people. Got it. Okay. So that's a, that's actually, so I tracked these ratios, right? And I found the average to be like one ops to 15 reps. Here we are, it's about one to 7.5 reps. So it seems like you're well equipped to manage these, this team. Well, I don't want that getting out that we're overstacked because I personally think we could use more people for those at data site that are watching this. Okay. Uh, but if you add in the sales leadership team, which adds more headcount, if you add in, you know, we, we do some support for inside sales. We work very, very tightly with product marketing. We work very tightly with our service team. Uh, we actually have a component of our service team on our sales ops team. Uh, so everything we do in Salesforce as our main technology platform, uh, we also help support the enablement side with our clients as well as the, the sales end of it. So a little, little bit of a mix there. Sure. Um, and you did mention Salesforce there. What are the other tools that you're currently working with? Yeah, we've got a, we, we're very prescriptive in our spend. Uh, we use tools that we feel drive revenue and activity every day. So uh, a few of the big ones are we have Anaplan for budgeting and compensation planning, which um, we have a head of FP&A and that kind of runs that program. He's amazing with it. We have uh, uh, LeadSpace is our main data enrichment tool, which we rely on every day to make sure we've got the right information bouncing up against our, our platform and our, our user communities. Uh, we use uh, Litmus for our training. We have other tools. Uh, Einstein is, is a big one that we're leveraging heavily right now. We've just got into our initial use cases and Einstein's been a game changer within Salesforce in terms of giving actionable analytics back to our sales leaders and our, our sellers, as well as our executives, uh, all the way up to the CEO level. Got it. Um, and then can you share a time recently that you or someone within your team have done something that has significantly boosted productivity of either a single or a number of reps? I got to pick just one. Yeah, just the one, please. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll go. I'll go to Einstein. We developed what we call uh, scorecards uh, in Einstein to help our reps and our managers figure out where their revenue is coming from, where their units are coming from, uh, what types of, of use cases in our product they're selling. So the, the data in Einstein to be able to provide to them on a daily basis is really helping to drive productivity. That also surfaces things like win and loss rates. Uh, which, um, what, how do they kind of score and rank their accounts and their contacts so they can make sure they're going after the right people. Again, all these tools and all this data, making sure you have the data proper, that's the biggest thing, right, is to make sure your data is accurate and then surface the data in an actionable tool like Einstein. That's been a game changer for us. Cool. And then going, looking into the data, is your team responsible for ensuring that the data in Salesforce is up to date and accurate? Uh, yes, we, we do pull from other systems that are outside of our span, uh, you know, our financial system, some of our product applications. But in terms of the end-to-end governance, yes, we make sure that the data is as accurate as possible. It's not 100% there, right? Some of it's manual, some of it's automated, some of it's using enrichment tools. 
Uh, but that's a big that's a big uh, project for us and a big effort that we're undertaking. Got it. And so, do you have individual people within your team who are just focused on that? Uh, we have kind of a mixture. So, depending on where your discipline is and what you're focused on, you have responsibility for different data sets or integrating to different data sets and then validating uh, the accuracy of those data sets. Got it. Awesome. How involved are you guys in the sales forecasting? So forecasting for us is a little bit unique in that we so we sell um, a SaaS platform to facilitate mergers and acquisitions. And then we charge basically based on how much content a company puts into our virtual data room called DataSite. Uh, so we don't always know how much content is going to be in there to really have totally accurate revenue projections. It's not, we're not a SaaS company that says we're going to charge you per user per month and we can kind of figure out what that looks like. Uh, we do a lot of projections around our units. We, we have a good feeling for how many units we're going to sell. We have kind of a flavor for what the average project volumes look like. So we do a lot of forecasting around what our units look like to make sure, because our, to us, units are king as long as we have the activity, as long as we're getting those customer interactions and those projects in our, on our platform, uh, we then can do some estimates around what the revenue looks like. So, so that's a big part of our forecasting. And it's also a good barometer of activity and pipeline health, right? So if you look at a rep, depending on how many projects or, or units they have kind of teed up in their pipeline, that's a good indicator of the activity levels they're putting forward to make sure they're covering their markets effectively. Got it. Cool. In the past few weeks, I assume you guys have probably gone more remote than you previously were. Um, has that changed how your ops team are working with the reps? It, it has. Uh, I mean, a lot of our team is remote. So from the ops and enablement side, uh, we have a handful of people at our corporate office in Minneapolis. We've got some at our, our um, main office in New York, in London. Uh, but a lot of them are virtual and remote. So we work collectively as a team through things like using Microsoft Teams to stay connected. You know, we do virtual coffee hours, happy hours, just things like that to make sure we're collaborating together if we don't do in-person meetings, which we can't do right now, which nobody can do. But once COVID hit, we realized that we had a lot of our sellers globally that have never worked from home that are used to that office environment. Um, so we quickly put together a program on how to effectively work remotely. So we put a toolkit together that showed, you know, here are the right, here are the suggested tools and technology platforms you want to use, things like Teams uh, to do video chatting, things like Vidyard to record videos that you can send out to your prospective clients or your current clients just to stay in touch. Um, we got sellers that are used to working from home to help give best practices and tips. I mean, everything from as basic as setting up your office environment, making sure your, you know, your background is professional, that you wake up in the morning and treat it like a work day, you know, get dressed, get energized. Um, organize your day. So we, we did a lot of things to do organizational preparedness. And I think it's gone very well. And our, our sales organization is working as productively as they can given the circumstances. Got it. Awesome. Um, and then onto sales metrics. If you could only measure one single sales metric for the rest of your operations career, which would you choose? Oh, you asked really tough questions, Tom. One metric. I think if we look at one metric here at DataSite, uh, you're looking for a leading indicator or a lagging indicator? Because I can give an answer on both. Okay, yeah, let's do one each. Okay. So I think leading indicators would be uh, meetings or demos. Like how, how often are they touching a customer to make sure that they're getting the message out there? The lagging indicator is, is units or projects. So it's how many transactions are they selling on a consistent basis, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. But if you had to, so 
that I think that's a good explanation of those metrics. But if you had to choose one from each category, which would you choose? Uh, I say demos and 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 units. Uh, and then units sold as yes, the lagging yeah, correct. indicator. Correct. Got it. Correct. Nice. Fantastic. Um, and then the final question is about somebody who has inspired you or educated you the most in your FailVox related career. Well, if I had to pick one person. Again, yes, uh, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say that there's a guy on our team right now who is just amazing at what he does with Salesforce. He is an absolute wizard. I think he's probably the best in the industry. His name is Phil Rollinson. Um, I have learned a ton from him in terms of sales operational disciplines, process techniques, uh, and how to how to bring data across an organization to make smart decisions. Phil Rollinson. Yes. Amazing. I awesome. You should get him on your podcast as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, then we'll have to talk about Salesforce, wouldn't we? Um, I actually didn't realize because we previously had Justin Kersey on this show, actually one of our first guests. He's, I think he's VP of sales now. Yeah, uh, Justin's actually on our team now. He heads up our sales ops function out of EMEA. So he's in our London office. Yeah, I, I listened to that. He was your first podcast, I believe. Yeah, Justin's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really, really that was really good. And it, it was so good of him to actually agree to do the interview. I think it was right before we'd even launched, I think. And he agreed to jump on and share some wisdom. Um, yeah, and he's got a great background too, Tom. He went um, kind of from ops to running a sales team last year to get that, you know, in-field sales experience. And now he's back full-time uh, leading a really um, excellent effort around our sales operations and enablement function out of our London office, supporting, also supporting our uh, Asia hack group. So he's kind of expanded his remit to include not only the London and European group, but also our theater out of APAC. Fantastic. Well, I now I've realized you've rebranded. I do. I think I do like the new brand more. Than the old Thank one. you. I'll let our CMO know that because he'll be very <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> Amazing, Ralph. Okay. Thank you so much for your time for coming on. Um, I think you're the, the one point that I'll pick out that I really liked, and I don't think I'd ever, maybe I was aware, but I didn't really understand it, was the fact that a large part of leadership is ensuring the operations working effectively. And so to be an effective sales leader, it is really useful to have that experience in sales operations, just as ADP, your previous company, kind of push new leaders to do. So I think that's really valuable for any sales ops people listening that, or actually any sales leaders that are listening, that they should get, you should go and get operations experience. Totally agree. And if I could throw one thing in there, Tom, like I think the other key to success when looking at an ops or enablement role is the collaboration and partnership with your field sales leaders and your executive teams. Like we have support all the way from the top down, from the CEO down, as well as uh, across our, our um, theaters with our sales leaders. So working with them every day, like it, it's a team of, of talent and it takes a village. I've, I've read Eli, uh, Eli Cohen's book, Saleshood. And Chapters talked about, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. When it's a, it takes a village to make things happen and be successful, those are true words, and they, they ring true here at DataSite as well. Got it. So ensuring that the sales team has good relationships and can work effectively with people above them, e.g. CEO, all the way up to CEO, but also across, e.g. with field sales reps. 
absolutely critical to make sure what you're doing resonates and aligns well with what their efforts and focuses are. For sure. Well, Ruth, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.